listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to This Week in Pharmacy. I'm your host, Todd Yuri, founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. What a week it's been. Let's talk about probably the biggest news of the week, which just came out on July 13th. And I'm reading from the FDA's website. Today, the FDA approved OPIL, which is a Norgestrel, tablet for non-prescription use to prevent pregnancy. The first daily oral contraceptive approved for the use in the U.S., Without a prescription, approval of this progestin-only oral contraceptive uh, pill will provide an option for consumers to purchase oral contraceptive medicine without a prescription at drugstores, convenience stores, and grocery stores, as well as online. What do pharmacists feel about this? Does this open up more opportunities for pharmacists to be consultative about sexual health? as well as birth control and um, and pregnancy prevention. Uh, please send us your comments, send us your ideas. Uh, we'd like to actually uh, talk to our pharmacist experts. Dr. Nadia Archambault is known as the Sex PharmD. You can listen to her podcast at sexpharmd.com. And Dr. Danielle Plummer, um, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. She's been part of the network uh, starting I think it was in June of this year, and she is the host of Maternal RX, all things about pregnancy and caring for mothers. She also has joined the board of advisors for Clinics for Life, and you can find that Clinics, uh, the IV as in Roman numeral four, and then Life, L-I-F-E. Check that out. Clinics for Life. I'm so proud to be part of that board of advisors as well as we spread the news across the nation as well as the globe to improving safe birth, uh, birthing care, uh, pre-birthing uh, care, uh, education for people throughout the world who just don't have enough health care. Uh, that's a big issue here in the United States. Wanted to get into the news before we talk about our two amazing guests. I'm excited to welcome uh, on today's This Week in Pharmacy, Stephen Pagnotta, who's uh, dedicated to the biosimilar space. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. And Dr. Jennifer um, Bourgeois, who was recognized by Single Care as the best pharmacist for 2021. But first, let's get into some news. Uh, let's talk about healthcare equity and access demands. Uh, pharmacists as providers. Drugstore News did a uh, an article on this. I want you to read up on this. Uh, search health equity and access demands. Drugstore News and how pharmacists are more um, are needed more than ever throughout the nation, where there are pockets of dried um, up areas that do not have enough healthcare services, certainly not enough um, general practitioners and, and, and providers. Pharmacists are filling in uh, where they uh, are needed. However, there's more. So take a look at that. It's 
it's quite interesting to think that the role of the pharmacist will continue to expand. There's lots of opportunity out there for um, for aggressive pharmacists and creative pharmacists. I do want to share Ohio Capital Journal. The Ohio Capital Journal reported that CVS pharmacies in Ohio face uh, many problems. The pharmacy board um, showed and wrote up a report where eight CVS pharmacies in Ohio are so understaffed that they have seen rampant turnover, um, dirty conditions, lack of controls over dangerous drugs, wait times are longer than ever, sometimes up to a month for a prescription. Um, according to the reports of, of the Ohio Board of Pharmacy, it's it's showing, it's telling, it's interesting that it was CVS. This is not just about CVS. This is other. This is happening to other uh, chain um, drug stores and chain pharmacies. We know the reason. And if you don't know the reason, please look up PBM Reform Podcast. That's PBM Reform Podcast. There's a there's chapters and chapters and interview after interview about the insides of what's happening in our healthcare system and how PBMs that were unchecked, the three largest ones who process over 80% of our total prescriptions throughout the nation. No other uh, country has issues like the United States does with pharmacy benefit managers who once again have been left unchecked and uh, CVS, their own CVS stores are being affected by this. Realize that CVS owns a PBM, so it's like eating your young and they are experiencing major issues because of this. And that's really where it ties back to is the greed and the underfunding of enough pharmacists, as well as enough of our technicians and enough services within each pharmacy to make sure that we're consulting patients about their medications and not just making it a fast food joint. Pharmacy was never ever supposed to be uh, a fast food process of getting the order in, getting the order out, getting the people out. It, it, it should be slowed down. You know this, we know this, so that people can talk with pharmacists about their medications, interactions, contraindications, possibilities, allergies, even food and, and exercise and other things that are part of being a consultative pharmacist and a clinical pharmacist that could go into maybe de-prescribing instead of it always being about our medications. So I am excited about the two interviews that you're about to hear. Shout out to our pharmacist in this nation. You, you are working hard. We're excited about what's happening. We're paying attention to so many pharmacists doing some amazing things. Uh, Dr. Jamie Wilkie is the host of Wealthy White Coat. Uh, this is an amazing podcast. Take a listen. We just started releasing her shows this week. Excited about her joining and rejoining and re-empowering the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, if you have content that is missing on our network, if you think of some subjects, we're going to be doing a lot in blood testing. Uh, coming up, we'd like to do a blood test and the data and the analytics that could come from that. Um, we're going to be joining Babson Diagnostics at the NACDS Total Store Expo in August. Before that, I'll be with Brady Yuri, uh, my trusted producer, at the uh, 2003 Profit Summit Live in Dallas, um, led by Heather Harrow and, and Dr. Lisa Fast. We're excited. We can't wait to see you all there. If you're going, 
Make sure you stop by and see the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We'll be there live covering as press along with uh, Nicole McClure with GRX Marketing. What an amazing force all about community pharmacy uh, marketing. If you don't know about that, look it up. GRX Marketing, grxmarketing.com or pharmacymarketing.com. All right, let's get into these interviews. The biosimilars industry is poised for significant growth and innovation in the near future. Biosimilars, which are highly similar and interchangeable versions of approved biological drugs, they offer several advantages such as increased patient access to affordable treatments, cost savings for health systems, and enhanced competition in the pharmaceutical markets. Our pharmacy and pharmacist leaders are very interested in the topic of biosimilars. We've had uh, several organizations participate in uh, conversations around biosimilars. And we'd like to welcome Stephen Pagnotta with Beringer Ingelheim. He is the Executive Director of Biosimilars Commercial Lead. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks, Todd, for having me. Look uh, forward to talking to you today. So as I stated, we are very interested. The pharmacists that are listening are pharmacy professionals that tune in uh, to the shows, extremely interested in, in biosimilars. And we have you here today to discuss that. So provide us some of your background and how you got involved and why you're so passionate about um, what's happening in biosimilars. Well, first, I'd like to say uh, hello to all the pharmacists out there. I have family members who are pharmacists, and uh, it's a profession that uh, I greatly appreciate um, as the patient touch that they have is so important to us, uh, as oftentimes they're the only uh, the conduit to a pharmaceutical product. Uh, is with with your local pharmacist or your uh, local pharmacy tech. So thanks uh, for all they do. Uh, I'm really happy to be here today to discuss uh, our biosimilar Siltizo and, and uh, give you a little bit of background on it. You know, biologics have transformed the treatment of many life-limiting diseases, but with a significant burden of disease, our healthcare systems are continuing to face financial challenges to meet the needs of our patients. And as one of the largest producers of biologic medicines in the world, we have Berger Ingelheim, uh, hope to increase the availability of safe, effective, high-quality therapeutic options to patients worldwide. Uh, the utilization today of high-quality, lower-cost biosimilars can really improve the sustainability of healthcare systems by providing the potential for more patients to benefit from biologic medicines. So we are really dedicated here to improve the lives of patients by promoting the use of biosimilars and to expand overall treatment options while contributing to the quality and the sustainability uh, of the U.S. healthcare system. Well, it's a part of the pharmaceutical markets that is being talked about by every conference that I attend where they have specific sessions. So tell us, Stephen, what is Siltizo? So uh, we're so excited to be bringing Siltizo uh, to the market here uh, in July uh, of 2023. It's been a long road. Uh, it's following our initial 2017 U.S. Uh, FDA approval. Uh, and in 2021, we were really, really proud uh, to get the interchangeable designation uh, for Celtizo, uh, our biosimilar to Humira. Uh, it's now commercially available and really helps expand treatment options uh, for multiple chronic inflammatory diseases. Uh, we as a team are really confident in the value that Celtizo will bring to the healthcare system and patient communities. And really, it's because we backed it up with a really strong efficacy, safety, and profile uh, that was established in our clinical trials. It's as the first and only FDA approved interchangeable element of biosimilar, patients can expect the same therapeutic effect from Siltizo 
uh, as they can from the reference product Humira. Uh, Soltizo is currently the only biosimilar in the Humira market with phase three comparative clinical studies in rheumatoid arthritis, plaque psoriasis, and Crohn's disease. Stephen, we have pharmacist listeners who are specialists in pain management, addiction therapy, and when I think of specific disease states, including uh, Crohn's disease, this is something that they're worried about for their patients' needs. So I want to take a step back. Uh, let's talk about biosimilars. What is a biosimilar? Just let's just start out there. You know, Todd, it, it, you 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 touched on something that really. Um, has affected me in getting to meet and know Crohn's patients, to see the journey and the effects that those patients have um, on treatment. It, it's important for us to make sure that we bring a product to market uh, that can really help those patients. And when you take a step back and look at biosimilars and what a biosimilar is, it's important that we, we, we make it clear what that is for these patients. Because a biosimilar is a biologic medicine that's developed to be highly similar to an approved reference product. And it has no clean, clinic, clinically meaningful differences in terms of safety, potency, and purity. Biosimilars were established to provide more treatment options, increased patient access, and overall lower healthcare cost. Unlike small molecule drugs that are chemically synthesized and can be copied exactly in the form of a generic, biologics and biosimilars consist of large complex molecules that are manufactured using living cells, extracted and purified. Since biologics are grown from living organisms, it's not possible to develop an identical copy of the original product, also known as a reference product like Humira. This applies to both batch-to-batch -batch manufacturing of the same brand name, Biologic, and to creating a biosimilar interchangeable biosimilar. This variation is normal and expected in all biologic manufacturing, which is different from small molecule chemical synthesis. And since biosimilars must demonstrate that they work in the same way as a reference product biologic, patients can expect no clinically meaningful differences in therapeutic effect. The utilization of high quality, lower cost biosimilars may improve the sustainability of healthcare systems, providing the potential for far more patients to benefit from biologic medicines. Okay, so it's not really an entirely new concept. We know that biosimilars have been around a while. They've been available in other countries uh, throughout Europe. Can you give us some insights on that? Sure. I mean, they, they've been available for several years um, all over the world, especially in the EU. Um, the biosimilars are an integral part of the biologic therapies available in the EU, with more than 70 biosimilars approved by the uh, European medicine agencies. And currently in the U.S., there are more than 40 biosimilars that have been approved with uh, many more under review. However, not all are currently available to patients. So you mentioned the interchangeability, and this is important because we have pharmacists out there listening who that's what they specialize in. They think, where um, where is one um, medication belong versus another, especially if they're going through transitions of care? So kind of um, expand upon that. What, what does that mean? What does interchangeable mean? Yeah, and I'm really excited about this for our pharmacy uh, partners. I think this is going to be uh, a game changer for them as interchangeable products are just coming to market. An interchangeable biosimilar really first and foremost must meet the high FDA standards of a biosimilar. And then to achieve the interchangeable designation, the FDA requires additional data, um, which may include a study of multiple substitutions in patients known as a switching study. So what we mean by a switching study is it's how patients do when they're switched back and forth from the reference product to a biosimilar. And the switching study must show that patients can be switched with no increased risk in terms of safety or diminished efficacy as compared to remaining on the reference product. The FDA interchangeability designation enables auto substitution at the pharmacy level. 
Now, individual state laws control how and whether providers and patients must be notified. So I would urge your, your, your audience to really look at their state regulations. But biosimilars that do not have interchangeability designations cannot be auto-substituted at the pharmacy. So according to the FDA, prescribers and patients can expect that an interchangeable product will have the same clinical result as the reference products in any given patient. And they can confidently uh, be, I'm sorry, they can confidently be uh, assured of the safety and effectiveness of an interchangeable product, just as they would be for any FDA approved reference product. Stephen, why does auto substitution matter here? You know, I think in a, in a in a place where we want to see biosimilars be adopted to help uh, lower overall healthcare costs, pharmacist mediated auto substitution can mean fewer administration hurdles, which can potentially help patients get medications faster than they would non-interchangeable biosimilars. Nearly all states in Puerto Rico have enacted laws that allow pharmacists to substitute an interchangeable biologic product without pre-notification to the prescriber. I want to go back to interchangeability. I want to talk about data. Uh, so many of our pharmacists are researchers uh, in specialty rare disease states, um, and data comes up all the time. What data is supporting the interchangeability um, of your product? Yeah, so we had to do the extra step to have the data to get the indication. And uh, in doing so, the efficacy and safety of Siltizo was supported by a large body of data, including the phase three randomized Voltaire X clinical trial, which studied the effects of multiple switches between Humira and Siltizo. The results of the Voltaire study were presented at the 2021 uh, American Academy of Dermatology annual meeting, and pharmacokinetic equivalence was demonstrated with a highly similar efficacy and immunogenicity uh, with comparable safety observed in patients who received either Humira continuously or who were switched from Humira uh, and Siltizo. Stephen, the patient's voice has become so important uh, now more than ever. I've been in healthcare since 2004, and it's the patient that's leading so much of what's happening from payment to process to titration to support groups. So talk to talk to us about Saltizo and will there be any patient support programs out there? So two years ago, I came to this brand and, and uh, started working on the commercialization of it. And the first thing I really wanted to make sure is that we were doing the right thing by patients. My, my feeling has always been um, switching a patient from a reference product to a biosimilar um, is not necessarily something that patients are going to be um, uh, excited about because they're already on a product that's taken years to get diagnosed at points and, and have to be on therapy. So it was really important for us to make sure that we had the patient support programs uh, for these patients and treat this brand as a branded launch, not as a biosimilar launch per se, or a generic launch. Honestly, we understand that the challenges that some patients may face in affording medication and strive to ensure their products are accessible to all. So we invested in programs and solutions to help our medicines uh, be accessible to the patients who need them most. So the Saltizo Patient Support Program through BI Solutions Plus, Plus may help eligible patients with commercial insurance, including health insurance exchanges, federal employee plans, or state employee plans, pay as little as zero per fill for Saltizo. Um, you can visit saltizo.com for full terms and conditions. The patient support program also offers one-on-one -on -one personalized support to start and stay on Saltizo. We have a dedicated clinical educator and a dedicated insurance specialist who can provide support by verifying patients' coverage for Saltizo determining utilization management requirements, and assist in navigating any required prior authorization process. 
Physicians can also enroll patients by submitting an enrollment and prescription form, or patients can enroll themselves by simply visiting Soltizo.com or calling 1-833-SOLTIZO. Stephen, we're going to have those links and that information in our show notes for our pharmacists to access and anyone else that's that's interested. You know, you mentioned something um, earlier, the cost savings that biosimilars may bring uh, to the healthcare system. Can you expand on, on that? Because that's such a, a, um, a part of healthcare overall. And I know our pharmacists listening are sensitive to that. Yeah, and some of these numbers are staggering when you when you consider how many dollars we're talking. The, the Pacific Research Institute estimates that biosimilar competition generates about $11.2 billion in savings annually. And the American Journal of Managed Care has projected that the use of biosimilar medicines in the U.S. will reduce direct spending on biologics by $38.4 billion from 2021 to 2025. The Pacific Research Institute also predicts that Humira biosimilars could generate $5 billion in savings compared to the current costs once biosimilars gain about 75% market share. And a recent report conducted by the Office of Inspector General found that increased use of biosimilars rather than the reference products for Part D and uh, beneficiary spending could have been uh, considerably reduced. You know, I'm thrilled to have you, um, Stephen, just share this with our listeners. Anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, Berger Ingelheim is one of the largest producers of biologic medicines in the world. Uh, with a diverse team of over 600 people and with over 35 years of experience, we cover biopharmaceutical development and manufacturing from small scale to commercial, from drug substance manufacturer to fill, finish, packaging, and medical device assembly. As a leading research-driven biopharmaceutical company, we put patients first in everything that we do. The biosimilar manufacturing process is inherently complex and requires a high degree of technical innovation uh, and regulatory expertise. Berger Ingelheim Fremont is the company's U.S. biopharmaceutical manufacturing site, producing biologic medicines to support our diverse pop pipeline, as well as others' pipelines in uh, bar, um, as well as other companies' biopharmaceuticals on a contract basis. Nearly two thirds of the world's 20 leading pharmaceutical companies utilize Berger Ingelheim to manufacture their proprietary biologic medicines on their behalf, and as a pioneer in biologics to date. Beringill Engelheim's biopharmaceutical contract manufacturing business has supported our customers to bring dozens of biologics to the market in therapeutic areas, including oncology, immunology, and cardiovascular indications. Through novel biologics and biosimilar programs, we strive to increase the availability of safe, effective, high-quality therapeutic options to patients worldwide. And Beringill is a founding participant in the Biologics and Biosimilar Collective Intelligence Consortium a multi-stakeholder organization dedicated to monitoring biosimilars and their innovative products using anonymous data from more than 100 million patients to track the efficacy and cost-effectiveness of post-market observational studies. We're really proud of the role we play in raising public awareness of biosimilars, as well as the importance of stimulating a competitive marketplace to bring more affordable treatment options uh, to U.S. patients. Stephen, I want to thank you for sharing uh, with our Pharmacy Podcast Network listeners and, and being a part of the information that we push out uh, with, with great pride and poise. And there's so much information that goes into um, our lives and, and what comes at us. So podcasting is interesting because pharmacists are out there, pharmacy technicians, business people, they're able to listen in their cars or, or walking or whatever they're, they're doing we thank you for being part of this, and we want to welcome you back um, in in giving us updates in the future. Would love to, Todd. And uh, again, really appreciate 
everything that our pharmacist family does out there. We really are looking forward to uh, to this launch uh, and partnering with them as, as we make these medicines more affordable for patients. Hey, I'm Dr. Jennifer Bourgeois, community pharmacist and single cares pharmacy and health expert. You're listening to Pharmacy Podcast Network. Last year, nearly 40% of Americans delayed or skipped medical care due to costs. TaylorMed offers a comprehensive solution. The nation's largest network of patients, providers, pharmacies, life science companies, and other partners dedicated to improving healthcare affordability anywhere a prescription is written or dispensed. TaylorMed's innovative product suite empowers network constituents to improve patient experience and outcomes while boosting their own financial health. Its best-in-class platform proactively identifies patients in need and automates enrollment in cost-saving resources, spanning more than 60,000 assistance programs and over 1,000 chronic conditions. By matching patients with the right resources at the right time, TaylorMed enables pharmacies and providers to reduce prescription abandonment, boost adherence, and increase revenue. To learn more, head to www.taylormed.co. Best of the best pharmacy awards. When I first learned about single care, it was because of the best of the best pharmacy awards. That's one of the inspirations for the pharmacy 50 most influenced pharmacists that are out there and pharmacy professionals that we run at the Pharmacy Podcast Network in honoring our pharmacists. And that's exactly what single care set out to do was, was be be this extra light on some of the champions in healthcare out there. The best of the best pharmacy awards, they were launched by Single Care back in 2019 as a way of honoring pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, pharmacy staff that go above and beyond throughout the US. And they they recognize people that really care and who provide exceptional service, education, and savings. One of those people, which is one of my heroes, and I'm so glad to welcome her back, Dr. Jennifer Bourgeois, a pharmacist out of McKinney, Texas. She was um, voted 2021 Best Pharmacist of the Year, and there's reason for that. It's The number one is her passion, but Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks, Todd. Excited to be here. Always enjoy our conversations. I do as well. And it's fun that this is very storytelling because when you and I first talked, it was based on being recognized um, by single care as um, as 2021's uh, best pharmacist. What an honor. But you have got to share with our listeners who might not realize that there is a successional story here that's really driven in your belief in public health and wellness and what single care is also doing there. Kind of share that with our listeners what's happened since you uh, were voted as 2021 Best Pharmacist. I would love to. So 2021, I found myself receiving an award that was incredibly meaningful to me. I had been in community pharmacy over 10 years at that time, taking care of people, doing something that I really love to do and was recognized for it. I could not, um, just trying to put it into words, even now, you know, almost two years later, it's still very emotional for me because it, it really meant so much. And I had no idea at the time that it, it, this award 
that, you know, I knew was just such a um, fruit, a harvest, if you will, after all the years of, of work, I had no idea that that could continue to bring fruit and carry me into this next season of my career. Um, I was invited by Single Care to become their pharmacy and health expert. And over the last year, I have been fortunate enough to create content for them that we utilize in media opportunities and outlets. And so, wow, Todd, never in my wildest dreams would I have envisioned at the time I received the award that God would continue to bless me and just continue to give me opportunities to serve people. And so now I'm serving on a larger scale. So a little bit bigger than McKinney, Texas, uh, I'm able to really help uh, continue, you know, to pour into people and help them um, in the area of public health, pharmacy, and and all things wellness. In getting ready for this interview, I always do a little brush up on where our pharmacists, uh, it's almost like saying, where are they now? And I was like, so where is Jennifer now? And I, I Googled you and all of a sudden a bunch of stuff popped up. Something that I was very proud of is that you were featured on bestlifeonline.com, uh, bestlifeonline.com. And you were quoted um, as they were talking about pollen and talking about allergies. Uh, this was just uh, just recently, like back in May. And I was like, yes, like your opportunity through um, single care, it, it shows you that when companies get behind pharmacists, good things happen. And and now the empowerment and the platform of single care, which we're actually going to get into and talk about, has now taken a voice of a pharmacist who was, I don't want to say old school value, but you had this, it reminds me of our community pharmacist attitude that it's like you lead for the for the betterment of people's lives and in the way that you and I have talked even off off um, microphone when when we're not recording and you share your mission and you share your vision of what is better public health and how pharmacists can really impact people and we know that pharmacists are being seen so many more times per year than even primary care so let's start out with mission because I love mission and purpose um it, it tells me a lot about organizations and people so tell us about mission and purpose of, of single care. Yeah, what a gift. Um, single care, I would say in my introduction to single care, you know, I, I knew that they were this huge leading uh, prescription saving service. I knew that you know, they were able to help millions of people a year across the United States save money on medications. And I knew that... Um, on average, you know, they save customers $70 per prescription. And so I thought, wow, that's incredible. And what an impact this company is making in public health. I mean, this is, this is amazing. And then now working with them and being a part of the team, I can tell you that the mission, it is deep. It is big. It is vast. They care about people. They really do want to help support those needs that we continue to see. I mean, just, you know, the pulse across America now, the, the financial 
stress that is very real that, you know, we, we feel, um, from the top down. And so they want to help that, you know, they want to help people with that. They want to provide support tools, access to medications. Um, they take time to really understand what, what did the, what does the consumer need? What does that look like? And I've been so impressed with the way that they go beyond just prescriptions. Um, they really care about health. And just like you said, Todd, you know, as pharmacists, we have this vast knowledge. We are, our, our knowledge, you know, we, we don't need to be just boxed in with pharmacy because we are part of the healthcare team. We are healthcare professionals and our training. We, we learn so much more than just prescriptions. And so single care recognizes that and they, they value what pharmacists, uh, what we bring to the table and how we can help support those health needs of the consumer. And so it's been so um, so just an honor to be a part of the team and, and see how much they value us and our knowledge. And they recognize, okay, you know, these pharmacists, uh, yes, they can support what the consumer needs in all things prescription services, but also we can support things um, around health, you know, around supplement recommendations and point of care testing and being able to answer our patients' questions around, you know, diet uh, needs for diabetes or, or blood, high blood pressure. And so it's just um, really been a joy for me to be able to uh, embrace and be a champion uh, on the pharmacy side for what single care does and how they really do care and support consumers. Yeah, and I like the fact that the card and the discounting is is enabling and helping people to afford medications, but it's also aligning those same interactions with pharmacist and pharmacist uh, guidance. And that uh, belief to me is more than just a discount card because how many, if you Google discount card, how many could you come up with that aren't pharmacist driven and pharmacist led from a, you know, a, con a consultative manner. So that's a, that's something that I picked up. And I think that's why you were also drawn to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you how impressed I was with um, just the love and the support and appreciation and acknowledgement from day one that they, that they have for pharmacists and what we do and how we care and support people. Um, so I, I, I agree, Todd, it was, it was a very obvious and immediate kind of pairing, if you will, with us. And I hit it off with the team and here we are two years later and just both of us, a mission aligned, ready to just continue to support what we're doing with prescription saving service, but also ready to help kind of create an, an, a new front, if you will. You know, we're just, we're ready to show the consumer that pharmacists, we are equipped and we can help with healthcare on a broader scale. You know, we, we can really help with all their wellness needs and, um, I have appreciated single cares 
willingness to allow me to speak to health concerns. You know, they, they want me to talk about uh, preventative medicine. They want me to share with consumers that we can save money on our healthcare costs by living a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, they, they encourage me to do things like that. And um, that to me is just a real gift because I think that's what the consumers need. They really need holistic approaches to healthcare. Something that I enjoy personally that I've looked up since following uh, you, Jennifer, was the single cares blog section, which picks up on some of the most relevant topics. When I started, for example, worrying about, um, I'm a huge coffee drinker. You have an art, you know, article blog post on, on coffee and Plavix. Now I'm not on Plavix, but it was very interesting. And it was, it was knowing that how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people would worry about that or probiotics or, um, health benefits of nutrition or whatever it is. It's, it's the, it's this next gen return to where we were in medicine a uh, hundred, two hundred, even three hundred years ago, but it's brought modern technology and pharmacist knowledge and so much along with it, so that we're kind of combining the best of two worlds. And um, and I think that's where so many pharmacists are going is is bringing along the pharmacological with the integrative medicine with holistic living with nutrigenomics, with, with better testing, better use of data, it's coming to a point that it doesn't feel transactional to me, to me anymore when I know a pharmacist is slowing things down and, and referencing maybe the dietitian support or referencing a specialist or someone that, you know, that understands women's health or HIV care or anything, but you could pick out anything, Jennifer, I don't have to tell you. And a pharmacist is going to bubble up to the top because they have an interest in it. We have 311,000 active pharmacists in our country, um, caring for delivering pharmacy care to 330 million Americans. And therein lies uh, the challenge. But I know pharmacists are ready for the challenge. I've seen attitude differences just in the last uh, two years in attending some of our national conferences coming out of the pandemic. And there's so many passionate pharmacists out there who are looking for um, assignments and to fulfill their own missions in delivering better care. Yeah, it's beautiful. I want to turn now, Jennifer, to the idea of using a card and understanding how a card fits into other facets of um, of se of sectors of pharmacy, we have senior care, we have specialty, we have you know general community pharmacy. Talk up to me a little bit about uh, single care's attention. For example, single care has attention around senior care. For example, so kind of give us some examples of of what senior care is doing to 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 deliver value to the specific sector of pharmacy care. So I think the first thing I would highlight is is the time that single care spends to really understand the needs of those specific populations. And so with senior care, really um, understanding that this population, uh, oftentimes they are 
going to be on um, multiple medications. So we know, you know typically um, as, as we age, the likelihood of being on meds for chronic diseases does go up. And so recognizing, okay, how can we support a community of people that typically are going to be on multiple medications? Um, and also knowing that this particular group of people is often on a, a fixed income of sorts, a budget, you know, typically they're retired. And so um, just being able to one like you mentioned earlier, so much great education out there on topics that are going to be specific for, for that population of people. Um, and then also recognizing that we have a really great opportunity with the prescription saving service to help them save money. And so we have, you know, the app that is very easy to use that we can type in the medication that let's just say lisinopril for instance and it gives us a price quote and just helping educate our seniors to know that sometimes the savings discount card uh, like single care it can actually be cheaper than your copay and so just education empowerment so that they know they have choices they can make decisions that can help with their budgeting. Jennifer, the role of pharmacists has really picked up momentum with regards to how many how many roles, how many differentiations of what a pharmacist does and how we see it expanding. Uh, ever since I I can remember from the time I was little it until I entered pharmacy Pharmacists were represented in a very specific manner, white coat behind the counter in a, in a retail setting. And the public just doesn't know. There's research, uh, pharmacogenomics, artificial intelligence, medical science liaison. In your case, and this is something that has expanded within, especially like within the last five years, especially with misinformation being pre prevalent, how the CDC and, and, and our federal government, our state governments are all very sensitive around what is trust information, um, who, who can be trusted in delivering the information. We know with testing, we know with uh, the vaccines, we know with the rollout, how pharmacists all led that. That also means that pharmacists who are developing content are also sought after as medical science liaisons that specialize in content development. And look at you leading single care in content development. So share with pharmacists who are listening to this interview right now about their either their side hustle or becoming something primary, but share how pharmacists are becoming lead content developers. Yeah, I think... I love this opportunity that we have as pharmacists now being, I, I do think Todd that the pandemic helped to help pharmacists gain attention, you know, to say like, look, look at this sector of the healthcare team that may not have been as uh, appreciated or recognized for our skill set, And here we are, I think we just kind of came out and it was like, Oh, 
wow, there they are. Look at them. Uh, just, you know, really having this impact in public health. And so I think that did get mainstream attention and companies across, really across the gamut of, of, um, backgrounds, you know, companies are really recognizing the skill set that pharmacists have, the training we have, and how much we can help to support their own initiatives around just like how I am partnered with single care, you know, and so I would say, if you're listening to this, and you are resonating, and you are passionate about public health and content creation, and maybe you do have an area of expertise um, like I do with stress. I'm a fellow with the American Institute of Stress, so I can really help support some of those specific needs that companies have around stress management, stress mastery for their teams and their employees, and even their consumers, if they want to create content that they can have available for consumers, um, you know, to take advantage of. So I would say, if if that is a passion of yours, I encourage you to begin to put yourself out there, look for those opportunities, look for those partnerships, find companies that align with your mission and your beliefs and that are carrying, you know, similar messages um, you know, just start, just like Todd said earlier, you know, he likes to, to search before the episode, just jump on Google and begin to search and really look for those companies and just put yourself out there. You know, if I, if I hadn't been vocal and had conversations with, with my contacts in single care to express my interest and talk to them about my vision and my mission, they wouldn't have known. And, and they would have, maybe they, you know, were looking for someone and, and they wouldn't have known that, that that person was me. So I just encourage you put yourself out there because the time is now, just like Todd said, really um, healthcare's changed so much just in the last five years and the opportunity for pharmacists to step from behind the counter to really just show what we have to offer, um, is, the time has never been better. So I really encourage you to to put yourself out there and look for those opportunities because they are there. Yeah, I like the, the your single care is not a one hit wonder. Uh, when you look at their the the team members that they have, how many pharmacists are involved in this organization? Shout out to Dr. Sue Ojagir. Um, Dr. Sue Ojagir is a um, children's book author, and she has, I think, two or three children's books out. Uh, she's a mother just like you, a parent just like us, and she knows that content development has changed. The use of TikTok, the use of Instagram, the use of our social media platforms is absolutely necessary that pharmacists have, pharmacists have to show up and defend their territory in in stance for public health safety. So it's not like when I say pharmacists take take your place in TikTok. I'm not saying take your place in TikTok to become um, and have multi millions of followers. Although that would be freaking awesome. But it and and then to grow maybe of a side business that would be awesome too. I'm saying that. You signed up to become a pharmacist, which is a defender of public health, a defender of medication safety. And if you can use tools 
modern tools to do that, then do it because you have an opportunity. And just like you said, when we say put yourself out there, and Jennifer, I love when you say that, that's not about being perfect. It's about being, I think, consistent. And I think it's about being um, transparent. And it's also about being a good source of information based on how much time and how much money our pharmacists have spent on their careers and their professional development in being, in being medication experts. Absolutely. And I, I love that you brought that back up because I think the opportunity with social media for us to have a voice, you know, Todd, that's, that's really how I started. Just like Sue, Sue and I are good friends. She's a McKinney girl too. I don't know if you knew that, but um, we're both McKinney, Texas girls. So um, just love her. But, uh, you know, we both started with a social media platform and we just started sharing our messages. We just started creating content that was true to us. And, um, you know, for me, it was just, you know, what was, I was passionate about things that I felt like um, people needed to hear that maybe they weren't specifically um, amplified in, in other places. And I thought, you know what, I have a voice and I have this platform and, and I'm going to use it. And, and that is a great place to start. Just like Todd said, um, it it's free. You can show up there. You can, you know, create your messaging and that would be a really great place for you to showcase what you have to offer to these larger companies who, you know, you want to potentially partner with. So start there and start creating content that is aligned with you and your message and how, you know, you want to show up in the world because um, it's, it's really, it's, it's a wide open space. I mean, you can, it's just like Sue and myself, you know, you, you really can um, create this image and this brand and this mission um, right there on TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, so Todd, I think that's a really great point to, to bring up to just the place that they could actually begin to create in. So where do pharmacists go from here? I believe I'm a leveler. So I like, I like pushing to get to that next level, sometimes from level A to level B or level, you know, whatever, wherever you're at in your life, it's going to be a little bit different. It takes, sometimes it's taking me longer to reach another plateau in order to build something that I can interconnect my network with the pharmacists that I serve clients that I look after from their branding and their messaging our pharmacy technicians who are also leading I want to build, I want to continue to build something that they can come on to just like a social media platform and get their messaging out there. So from your perspective, what has to happen next in, in the profession of pharmacy so that our pharmacists can continue to move forward? I think what happens next or what should happen next is that pharmacists continue to build these networks and these support systems, um, many of which, you know, led by champions, just like you, Todd, where you said, you know, you're creating this, this space, this place for people to, to uh, amplify their voice, because 
you know, that's just it. It, it really is going to take us all linking arms and continuing to rise together and lift each other up. Um, you know, finding those other pharmacists that are creating maybe in, in the general area that you're interested in and where you want to go and, and reaching out to that person and introducing yourself and even just saying, like, I love what you're doing. Um, you know, you're inspiring me. Uh, you know, how can we link arms and work together? I mean, that, that Todd, I think will, will really continue to, you know, create the momentum or to continue to carry the momentum that has already been started. And it, to me, it is so exciting. I mean, I'm really excited about the opportunities in pharmacy. It, it is so different than it was five years ago. And I don't know if that's because I have linked arms and I have joined the network of, of all of the world changers and the people that are, you know, creating the waves and, and um, rising together and, and linking arms. Maybe it's because I am there now, but um, you know, five years ago, I just didn't even know this was possible. I didn't even know these opportunities were here. So I think what you're doing, Todd, to create this, um, this amplification, this, you know, this platform where it is easier for pharmacists to hear about opportunities and, and you are so good at um, recognizing those people that are out there, you know, creating the waves and making the change. And I think that makes it really um, easy when for new pharmacists that are deciding and kind of recognizing, hey, I like that. And I, I want to do that, too. Well, now here you are, you know, with your network and, and um, what you're doing. It's it's just easier, I think for them to have a starting point so well i'm excited that you've come back this means that we have to now that you're a, a second time uh pharmacy podcast network um participant that means you just have to keep it going so we're gonna have to have you back again jennifer um this has been wonderful thank you for sharing thank you for being committed to to holding the profession of pharmacy at a level that continues to rise. And I think we rise together. I always say hashtag together RX. And mm -hmm. that gives us a goal to be there for each other. When, like I said, no one's ever perfect all the time. And when times when you're tired, you should be able to lean on me and vice versa. And I think that's the way that it needs to be in a, in a nation that is under so much stress right now from a mental health perspective to general care um, to sometimes instability where we don't have enough pharmacy care or even healthcare services in general. It's organizations like single care that will help our pharmacists rise because they they put the investment into your voices and to including um, pharmacy leadership um, like you, Jennifer. So we're very proud of you. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate your time today and having me back. Absolutely. For more information, please take a look at singlecare.com. That's once again, singlecare.com. A shout out to the single care team. Uh, shout out to Jennifer. Thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back. <laughs>